I think the, the biggest component that has evolved, I, what we've seen experiencing from just the research perspective has been around how vendors position themselves within the ecosystem and how they bring in their partners along the way when it comes to who they partner with, how they partner with. The biggest marker, we are trying to calibrate our expectations and what, what how the market is moving and what the perception is and sentiment in the market is how well vendors know each of each other's portfolio. Welcome to TBR Talks, decoding strategies and ecosystems of the globe's top tech firms, where we talk business model disruption in the broad technology ecosystem from AWS to SAP, AT&T to Verizon, and Dell to Pure Storage. We'll be answering some of the key intelligence questions we've heard from executives and business unit leaders among the leading IT and telecom vendors and services firms. I'm Patrick Heffernan, Principal Analyst, and today we'll go from BCG to Wipro with Boz Fristoff, Principal Analyst for TBR's Digital Transformation Practice. Boz, we've been getting a ton of questions from our clients lately, as, as we always do, but it seems like there's been a wide range. Some of the questions are about offerings, some of them are about what's happening in the broader macroeconomic sphere. Some of those questions are about what their competitors are doing or their alliance partners. When you think about those questions, all together, what do you think is the question behind the question that everybody's really asking? Yeah, good question. Um, just, just to maybe unpack and thinking about, taking a giant step back, I guess, in that case, is what's really happening in the market? There's a two very fluid forces that are occurring in the last 12 to 15 months, and I think they will continue to impact the way vendors and buyers and partners behave is we saw this like a inflation-infused pent-up demand for services and technologies in 2021-2022. Everybody got like really like ramped up into like new projects and great results and whatnot. And came mid-2022, late 2022, things started to cool off. And we saw that we start seeing that cool off. You know, cooling off even more in 2023 from the buyer perspective. They start like taking a closer look into all this money they spent, even though it was a lot of like a fresh cash infused or they had the really rich cash balance sheets, start to understand, okay, all the money I spent on cloud, on analytics, on uh, networking equipment, you name it, did they get the most out of it? Why do I keep getting more to pay? And that's what's has put some more of a, of a pressure on the buyer side in terms of where next do they spend their technology budgets. Technology budgets were never going to go away. They're increasing incrementally 5, 7, 10% in some cases. Some cases lower than that, but for the most part, they're not going away. So wait, um, so the budgets aren't changing or they're not changing much. It's just the buyers are thinking about where am I really gonna spend this money? Correct. So okay. I'm kind of taking a long-winded answer here. I'm just thinking about why the questions we ask we're getting right by our clients. So I'm trying to kind of set the stage and thinking through the implications. So as buyers are looking into their spending bills and trying to understand where they should be spending, they are also challenging the vendors, and the vendors are experiencing those pauses or reshuffling on those spends in 2023 
and essentially, you know, they've been like trying to experience some of those like growing pains in terms of how the market's changed over the last year, which has put more pressure on them to be a little bit more attentive. So the gravy kind of has dried up a little bit from the 2021-2022 pent-up demand that I started with. And it's now a little bit more about service quality, a little bit more about partnerships, a little bit more about, you know, thinking through before introducing a new technology, so to speak. So the big question that we see and the reason to answer your question, why we're getting all these questions around from all different angles through different lenses is about client retention because mm-hmm. vendors are looking about how to retain the client. What do I need to do? Because they're not getting the same double-digit growth quarter after quarter that they experienced for 18 months, 2021, 2022. They are getting, if they're lucky, low to mid-single digits. I'm talking about the services side. And we know technology vendors have not had much traction in the last six months to nine months either. So, right. so that's the one force that they're looking and thinking about client retention is to secure that base because buyers are consolidating their vendor lists, they're consolidating their technology stacks, they're looking to optimize the technology stack. So it's a really, it's a, a lesser cash outflow, I guess, to new projects. It's more about keeping the lights on, making sure we extract the most of what we currently have, and we're trying to optimize what we are already in existence. All that has been impacted by Gen AI. And what we're now like five minutes into the conversation, here it is, we're talking about Gen AI. So now there is a dilemma on both sides as well, both vendors and the buyers as well. So I think buyers, they they obviously want to, and that's why I was saying that a little bit of like incremental IT budget increase, some of it goes to Gen AI, some of it gets carved out from existing budget to go toward Gen AI. But they're also very cognizant and cautious about how much they spell on Gen AI, how much they actually trust the story that the vendors tell. And so... Vendors have this like, do we want to push Gen AI just like we pushed, you know, SaaS applications or cloud for the last like decade, or want to be a little bit more careful about it? So a client retention even gets a little bit more important when they're thinking about how they interact with their clients, existing clients, in order so they don't piss them off, basically. They don't kind of make them upset about like, oh, you're just coming to because there's like a new opportunity just to sell and just to get a little right. bit of a quick sell. So so, so client retention, part of it's about trust yeah that you trust that you're getting the value that you're paying for part of it is about i'll say innovation as a huge catch-all term but what i really mean is do clients believe that you're continuing to bring them the best possible thing that they could use in their environment yeah not just you know the 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 hype and the smoke and mirrors are on gen ai but what could actually be deployed is there anything else that you think is like an element to client retention that the it services vendors and the consultancies but also the broader market has been focused on as a way to enhance client retention yeah i think that uh, the biggest component that has evolved i what we've seen experiencing from just a research perspective has been around how vendors position themselves within the ecosystem and how they bring in their partners along the way when it comes to who they partner with, how they partner with. The biggest marker, we are trying to calibrate our expectations and what, what, how the market is moving and what the perception is and sentiment in the market is how well vendors know each of each other's portfolio, meaning how well Accenture knows AWS offerings or how well EY knows Infosys offerings or how well, you know, thinking about the, the entire ecosystem, Microsoft putting in, you know, SAP, whoever. So this is the, the big marker about how well you just introduce and not just introduce, but actually speak to your partner's offerings in through a lens of like, you're not just there to sell that technology, 
but put it in a more holistic view of like, okay, this is going to be delivered by our partners and this is why they're doing that. They're really good at this part versus we can do that part. And that messaging, that accountability and delineation of like, you know, who, do, do, who does what well is an important element of like client retention because clients do appreciate that because that way they can actually see that they're getting the most value, the most, most depth of knowledge that each of those vendors bring into the table. So to take a hypothetical, if... If we're if you're KPMG mm-hmm. and you're trying to ensure that you retain a particularly high value client and they want to work with AWS, you're saying that KPMG needs to be able to articulate what it is that AWS is doing, what they're bringing to the table, what they could be bringing. How much does a couple questions here now? So how much does KPMG then rely on AWS to make sure that KPMG knows? But then also how much is KPMG saying, you know what, there are things that we if we we might know them, but we're not as articulate as AWS is. Let's bring them, you know, sort of into the tent. Let's have them be part of this relationship in a different way. Is that changing too? That's the best case scenario. <laughs> I would right. say, is it changing? Probably at, you know, I think the vendors that are adopting that strategy are successful. It is, it's, it's, the change has to happen both top down and bottom up. That's one piece. You know, the marketing materials and the joint announcements are fantastic, but they go so far. Buyers are really looking at actually vendors throwing up their sleeves and showing results. So, you know, just just while as the relationship can be managed at the C-suite and the executive level, when you have the relationship at that top level, the field salespeople need to know and the education factor needs to happen and, uh, you know, knowledge management needs to happen and incentive models need to happen. Is it happening at the speed and in the and the, the scale that should be happening? No, but it, you know we've seen some pockets, you know, of like success stories. Yeah. That and we see also the feedback. We hear the feedback from the clients as well that actually resonates well with them when that type of relationship has evolved and it has been brought into market a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, through a different lens, through a different account management and different kind of accountability. So the question behind the questions that we're getting most recently have been around client retention. And client retention starts with trust. It includes, I keep saying innovation, but you know what I mean there. And then critically, how you partner. So yes. the partner ecosystem part. So are there any, when you think about where we're heading in 2024, any of the vendors that you cover in particular, the IT services vendors and consultancies that sort of have those three wrapped up pretty well? Or is everybody Everybody kind of heading down that road now to use it overuse work. Is everybody on the journey to client retention and some of them are just a little bit ahead? All of them want to be mm. on the journey. At least, you know, that's that's their goal. That's why we get the questions we get and, you know, from the various vendors we cover and we work with. Is anyone further along? It's Some of the vendors are a little further along in their thinking and the mm. frameworks that they're placing. Others are less so. And certainly something that, you know, the results will show, you know, the, you know, the feedback we're getting from, yeah. you know, from the buyers, vendor change, changing, you know, being changed and exchanged and consolidated. That's another, you know, right. uh, losing contracts, quality feedback. Um, those are some metrics we kind of look into. But I think the results will be the one that will, will tell the story yeah. along the way. And the one that, you know, obviously we see a lot of the services vendors that we track capturing large outsourcing deals, mega deals, and so forth. So it's a good indicator of that trust. Uh, you can argue that buyers are also saying, yeah, you know, they give me the best price. And, you know, you know, if they can get right. 80% of, you know, the 100, I'm, you know, 
uh, I'm still a 20 rule kind of applied, it right. still works for me. You know, they save me so much more than actually I risk essentially. So that's that that could play in that category as well. But ensuring that client retention sticks, it's even be more important as I mentioned earlier with the Gen AI, the way it's bringing in different conversations to the table, different different needs as well from a technology perspective, uh, different architectures, just a little bit more of a, and I get, we're starting to hear already how many of the vendors are deploying their same marketing strategies, their same portfolio mm -hmm. strategies, their same partner strategies, which makes sense. You, you go with what you know and you go with who you trust. We talked about that. Yeah. But there's going to be a neat little bit of a, of a massaging and tweaking and, and demonstrating some more agility from the go-to-market and pricing and partner perspective for Gen AI stories to stick with the clients. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's the ones, it's the, it's the consultancies and IT services vendors that have have the good strategy in place, have the plan in place, but we're going to hear from our voice of the customer research yeah. what's happening. We're going to see the financial performance and whether or not they're living up to and it. We are, we, and we're rolling up, not to interrupt you, but we're rolling up, you know, some more of a voice of the partner analysis in the, throughout 2024 where we're going to get the sentiment of a direct feedback on, on that side as well. So we're going to yeah. triangulate that with buyers are saying, what partners are saying, how vendors are performing. So that will be a... Yeah a good way to look through that lens and understand where is market heading. Yeah. All right. One last question. It's not a fair one, but it's one I have to ask. You've been doing this more than 10 years now. When you think about the IT services vendors and the consultancies, the space that you've been, you've been soaking yourself in for these 10 years, is there a certain key question that you've struggled to answer that, that you, you would love to know? What is it you would love to know about these companies that you still, still don't know after 10 years? Hmm. Yeah, that's a loaded question. Yes, uh, it is. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the questions that I usually don't have the answer, that's what kind of keeps me going. I got to say that. Okay. So I don't want to sound like I come across and say I know all the answers, but there's certain questions that certainly trigger, you know, going deeper and going after and really trying to give a good example. So I remember we were having a discussions internally with clients about SI's practice areas, like by SAP, by Oracle, you know, back in the days now with hyperscales and so forth. So that was a question we were having, you know, like I said, what, five plus years ago yeah. and, you know, trying to see how to best approach it, you know, from a practice, from a revenue and headcount distribution certifications, all these things and stuff. And we've come a long way, but that was a question that we call, you know, we've have come along the way, but five years ago, we didn't have the answer until, you know, 18 months ago, we actually we launched, you know, the cloud ecosystem market landscape where right. we can develop a methodology. We develop, you know, uh, the research approach, the framework that we can go and after the practice areas for the hyperscalers for 10 services providers. Then we expanded that into Adobe and Salesforce and looking now into the SAP and Oracle practices as well in 2024. So it's a good example of like a question that was really something that I wanted to know because we were getting answers and it was great, would have been great to have those answers then. Right. But it was a question always been in the back of my mind, like, and then that led to, you know, in the conversations and ongoing conversations and research helped to build what we have as a product today. What are the questions of today, I guess? Yeah, what, are, what are today's uh, key intelligence uh, questions? That, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the big question is like, which vendor will, will survive the Gen AI threat to me right now that yeah. we can speculate around yeah. that, but I think it's going to be, you know, it's a... Uh, I think that's the which really which vendor is going to get displaced from the big from the big. I don't yeah. think it's going to be just one, maybe a couple. But yeah. I think there's a couple of threats that just from a 
overall and that, average. That's a real interesting twist. Usually we think about, normally we're looking at who's going to succeed, like yeah. who's actually going to no. lead the pack. We're not talking about leading, we're talking about surviving. Surviving on the services side, on the technology side, the entire ecosystem, on the hardware side, on the infrastructure side, we will very likely see some consolidation and some vendors that probably not going to be in existence in the next five plus years, I would say. Boz, that's a really cheerful note to end on. I appreciate it. Thanks. You asked for a question, right? I did yeah. ask. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Next month, I'll be speaking with Boz Herstoff again, talking about the key intelligence questions we'll be getting over this coming month. Next week, I'll be speaking cloud and generative AI with Alan Kranz. Don't forget to send us your key intelligence questions on business strategy, ecosystems, and management through the form in the show notes below. Visit tbri.com to learn how we help tech companies, large and small, answer these questions with the research, data, and analysis my guests bring to this conversation every week. Once again, I'm your host, Patrick Heffernan, Principal Analyst at TBR. Thanks for joining us and see you next week.